Uh, Gob and Roran, you guys walk into the Aeolian. The music is playing. It's beautiful. It's a uh, kind of a crowded night, but not so crowded that yeah, you, uh, you have you have room to move around. Is really what I mean to say. You had heard rumors that Korak was in here with Tali. Um, you round a corner, and there's a, a row of booths, and you see Korak and Tali sitting, having a very intense-looking conversation down the way. You're not even able to catch either of their eyes. They're so invested in this conversation. So out of respect for your friends, specifically, you guys opt to sit in a booth and you wait for them to finish their conversation. Uh, It's not much longer that Tali actually stands up and embraces Korak and he embraces her back. Uh, You guys sort of pretend not to notice. And then they pull apart. Tali is saying something and she looks over at you and she says it and she's like, so as long as Axel doesn't suddenly appear again and tell me I can't come with, I think I'd like to help you take down Zanatha. That's what Gob interrupts. I think you mean confront Zanatha. She looks supremely embarrassed. She just kind of, she's like, oh Gob, I'm, I'm so sorry. That was incredibly tactless of me. Well, now, you have two demigods to deal with in the trip. One of them is a bit more emotionally stable, too. Damn. I guess one stable one will have to do. Yeah, I'm fine if you want to come with us. Just keep the making out to your private time. Yes, please. Diok comes over. He approaches, like, cautiously, because he sees you guys are talking, but... He's like, hey, um, there's someone here looking for Kandaros? Uh, uh, who's asking? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm honestly not sure... The runner's wearing the symbol of House Senjak? Oh, House Senjak. I actually remember I requested the audience of some of the wise women of House Senjak a while back. Maybe maybe this is related to that. I'm hoping we can learn a little bit from them um, how to fight these evil gods we're trying to fight. Yeah, you, you go outside and <laughs> there's a, a young tiefling male. Uh, he's sitting on a magic carpet. He's one of like the younger tieflings that you've met in the city before or that you've seen in the city. Like you haven't met a ton of them other than when you did your stroll through uh like the senjak ward so he he introduces himself as talonol and he takes you straight from the alien uh over to the senjak commune previously with the liberators anything we can know about ichabar i think would help us at this point can I do a religion check to see if i make any sense of it both gob and roran you guys are looking at this book after Korak passed it to you. And on every page, it looks like the same inscription. God would have, at the very up. least, copy this into his journal that he started keeping on. Korak, you know that your past seems to be living at the forefront of your mind. Every time that you think that you've seen Ichabar's eye looking at you in this place, um, you relive all of those moments, your worst moments, again. Watching a pack of wolves tear apart the child you swore you'd protect. You're pinned to the ground by the alpha of the pack. Your sharpened stick is in his throat. His body is lifeless and cold on top of you, but it's too heavy and it's trapping you underneath. You watch as the all-wise jinn whom you've always believed would aid you in your hours of need turned and fled from the carnage. This place is everything the opposite of your home. The River Shroud is such a small and crowded town. The, the church ruled above all else and you saw the clerics strolling the streets creating order from chaos. This is a very interesting place and i'm not so much feeling homesick as much as that i'm a loss of i'm at a loss for words on how to compare what i'm feeling now to what i'm feeling when i think of river shroud and now i wonder if i'd rather see the rest of our world 
before my time is to come into the astral plane. He bends over and he picks up a stone and then he squeezes it and the actual physical stone falls out of the back of his hand. But then he like turns it over and he hands you something. And when you hold out your palm, there's a tiny little translucent stone. And he tells you, he's like, if you just need some reassurance you give that a squeeze yeah the, uh, the temple we're in it's not it's not denominational it's not like a shrine but it is like a temple to handle Han, the god of knowledge it almost looks crystalline not built out of crystal but the way that it is structured gives you the impression of crystalline lattices Zenatha is still pointing at tali uh a beam of yellow light begins to extend from Zenatha's finger towards the light coming off of tali as well and just before they meet, Zenatha speaks a word. And right when the light connects, this word is spoken, and Tali falls to the floor. She is gone. Tali Vos, Guyaka, um, whatever name you want to call her, her body falls limp and lifeless to the floor. Yes. Your father told you about a elven woman, and Korak's pointing at these paw prints, and you piece together that he's saying, like, these paw prints are Ixus. And since beholders have a trillion and a half eyes, it makes sense that it always feels like you're being watched. Twelve eyes. Twelve eyes. No. Right, like I said, a billion, a billion and a half. Is that not is that not right? And she like looks around. Is that not right, Matt? Not I was I was raised literally by wolves, so if you'll excuse my uh, improper math. Let us begin. It's the next day. You guys wake up and you look around and you realize you're in some strange places. Korak, you find yourself uh, in a cove. And when you come out of the cove, you realize that you're very high up. Likely in the giant spire down in the middle of the, in the, middle of the city. Um, you can look down and see the whole city, including the base of the tower. Your old Book of Shadows is sitting propped open next to you. And it's glowing uh, bright red. And it feels like it's watching you. You're talking about that one book, right? Uh, yeah, your your book of shadows that you had back with uh, Ichabar as your patron. Okay. I guess I'll roll. Blazing insight or perception on that? Insight. Yeah, there definitely feels like there's some kind of um some kind of a window opened up in that book. And I don't remember setting that book down, do I? Nope. The last thing you remember was pretty much like the fireball from the night before, where you ashed Webby. And then there was like, you know, a few, a few like little blips of consciousness where you were just like shoving more eel pops in your face and just generally, you know, rabble rousing, whatever you want to call it. I guess I'll kind of just promptly stand above, like, like stand above the book and just kind of stare down on it. And like, maybe I hesitate for a second before I try to like close it shut with my foot, but looking down at what do I see? I, it just, I mean, it looks like the book that you've always seen, right? It's got all that that scrawl in it there's like this bright red glow coming from it not even like the the letters aren't glowing red and the pages aren't necessarily glowing red but there's like this hue of red around it um and touching it doesn't really do anything are, are we all together no this is just quack I, um i'll go ahead and kind of pick it up and bring it to my face and just kind of like raise my eyebrow yeah no i mean nothing changes it's uh you still feel like you're being watched by something if i try to shut it like nothing happens or uh if you shut it that feeling of being watched goes away immediately. Oh, okay. Um, I'll just shut it and put it in my back pocket or, you know, my little book holder. Yeah. 
Um, you guys enter a large building. It's not the it's not the administrative building that you had gone into before. Sitting uh, inside, uh, like in the center of this big kind of room, um, there's a circle of older tiefling women. They're all knitting. They have knitting. They have yarn, and they look up at, as you guys kind of come in the room, and they say in one strange. Like, they're all speaking at the same time, and so it, it comes out very strange-sounding. But they say, Welcome, Gob, son of Oral. Welcome, Rorin, keeper of Tanavast. Welcome back, Kandoros, Hoppy Herald. What is it you seek, and what price are you willing to pay to find it? Let me start off by saying thanks for agreeing to meet with us. Uh, we come in peace, and we seek knowledge. And from what I've heard, you wise women have an abundance of it. I'm guessing you received my gift, that bottle of wine. It's one of the finest vintages from Toxa. Did you all enjoy it? Uh, one, one of the fatter old women, like, she's kind of sitting furthest from you. She, she just cackles. She's like, <laughs> the wine was quite good. I hope the vineyards won't mind it. We gave up it to Senjak's alchemists. I suppose we'll be seeing much more of that in our circle. And they pretty much obliviously ignore Korak's confusion to Harpy Herald comment. And we come to Landis. Landis, you find yourself tangled in a snarl of roots nearby the the crystal forest. You're trapped in this this like bramble bush or whatever it is, uh, and you're surrounded by a bunch of sleeping badgers. And then you look down at yourself and you realize that you are also a badger. Can badgers look at themselves like that? Okay, summon Landis. What would Landis do? First, I'm gonna get myself untangled from these brambles. Rule athletics. Wait, just to confirm, you said Landis is a badger right now? Yes. Am I forgetting something about Landis? He's got, um, polymorph. Oh, okay. Did you really forget <laughs> that? This has been a badger the whole time. <laughs> no, I, 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 <laughs> so, alright, I can't get unstuck, so I'm gonna squeal to wake up the other badgers to get them to help me. Your wrestling against the brambles actually causes them to wake up as it is. Um, and so they all they all kind of get up, and then then you squeal at them, and they all kind of like recoil for a second, and then they run over and and help you uh, get untangled. I'm gonna get the badgers to help me find my friends, and they're gonna carry me. I'm gonna be their god. <laughs> they don't know what you're trying to do when you try to get them to carry you, but they um, they sniff the pack that you have nearby, uh, and then they're like, and they look at you, and then they look like near the towards the city in the distance and and like they look they like cock their head at you like uh, you want to go do this you want to find where this comes from squeak squeak mix squeakity squeakins all right there's a herd of badgers running towards the city illusionist what is it what knowledge do you seek uh there's a woman speaking to the far right of the sewing circle as you probably know our mission uh, is to liberate the jinn and in doing so we made some very very powerful enemies in the area, but I've witnessed some some strange magics. I know there's powers out there that can increase our strength. I'm seeking just knowledge, understanding of how we can fight these ancient gods and uh, what what cost it might cost us to do that. They're, they've all put down their knitting at this point and they turn and face you. Well, one of them speaks up and says, Jin, forces you can't defeat. Increase your strength. These are old, very old magics you speak of. You know the cost is very high. Tell me, wizard, what is your definition of a high cost? Magic moves in mysterious ways, therefore it can't be consistently tracked. What is one day but a minor annoyance can become an ocean of pain the next? 
What is made into a masterwork by one mage takes disastrous results by another. And then uh, another woman speaks up and says, Would you seek the same route as your mother? To tear up whole cities? To defile the resting place of thousands? To pervert your very soul into an abomination whilst you drown in uncontrollable arcana? I don't know. I'd like to think I seek the power to prevent those things from happening, but I know there's a time when my mother would say the same thing. Um, I just... I don't know what evil she aligned herself with, or why, but I know it's strong enough to corrupt her will. If it's strong enough to overpower her, then no one is safe. Nothing is safe. But just hypothetically, say I did want to go down that road to become immortal, to become like a god myself, to become a lich. And I'm not saying that I do, but what would that cost me? Um, there's, a, there's a long, strained, and uncomfortable silence. But you can tell that they're they're sort of deliberating. Immortality is a trait of the gods, young illusionist. To obtain such a thing is no easy task. Either one of the twelve will grant it to you in their own way, or you must take it by force. The most common route is to wrench open a spigot of pure arcana and steep yourself in the flow. And you're pretty sure that the lights in this room are dimming, uh, and there's a strange glow coming off of the skin of these women now. Most liches achieve this through the easiest means, which is death. Ripping the arcana directly from dead souls. Death carries a power easily accessed, as the only person capable of stopping such a process is no longer present. Each soul is torn from its web and releases a pinhole leak of the arcane into the wielder's soul. Do this enough and the lich can drink freely from the fount of the arcane, the pool of magic that belongs to the elders. It's the same magic that the gods themselves exist as. And it's at this point that the lights go out completely. And you sort of see like an astral representation of exactly what it is that they're describing. It shows like an image of a tiefling who is sort of just kind of standing there. And then this person dies, falls over dramatically, you know, and there's this wisp that rises up from the bulk of the body that you see there which uh, is the soul leaving the body. And you can see these small little tendrils that still attach the soul to the body and to the world around it. Um, <clears throat> all things are connected in many ways. The more you damage these connections, the more you risk a failure. A wall with too many holes in it weakens and it won't take much for it to crumble. Likewise, a soul web too damaged by tears will shred itself. Those pinholes will turn into jets which will turn into causeways of flow, which will drown your own soul, and you will be lost. You see the image of the soul being detached from the body that it left. Uh, you see this tiny spring of sparkling iridescence rise from where the break happened, uh, and this process is repeated. Um, each of those tendrils are being severed, and um, a new little spring of iridescence appears. And this process is repeated until you can see what you can only describe as a dam breaking, which releases this giant wash of iridescence all around the room. Um, and it's beautiful in its own way, but the message is quite clear. As the lights sort of kind of come back up again, the woman uh, says to you, this is how most lichdoms end. Uh, Roran, you find yourself, maybe surprisingly, um, in a garden outside of one of the more prominent temples in the city. The temple features a god, but it's not one that anyone actually knows because it is really, really old and has been weathered away. And like, and I say you find yourself, I'm not saying like you wake up in a prayer pose. I'm like, you're sprawled out like in, in a rose bush. 
or like an underdark rose bush, whatever that is. A mushroom, mushroom bush. I guess I get up from it. Do I see any people around me? There's like people walking around on the street nearby. Do they notice me? Yeah, there's people who like look in as you're groaning and sitting up, and they all kind of look in like disapprovingly, like, "Oh boy, another drunk in the garden." Okay, I dust myself off, get the mushroom slime off, take a swig of water, air quotes, uh, head toward into the temple. The temple's pretty small. Um, considering it's like one of the more prom, like I said, it's one of the more prominent ones. You would have known that just because you guys have been there for a couple weeks now. There's no symbols on the wall or or anything like that. Um, there's a couple like really old books that are propped uh open in you know some of the corners, and there's a few rows of pews, and there uh there's nobody currently inside the building. I check a one of the books. Uh, actually, roll investigation for me. What okay. do you and what are you looking for in this book? Um, an idea of what this temple is, who's it to, what's, you know, what is the powers being worshipped here? You run across a name that you've heard before. Uh, the name is Girithkar. Oh, no. Okay. And you're not sure if this book is, um, talking about Girithkar and the, like, this is who we worship here, or if it's like, uh, this is the bad guy, or if it's like, uh, here's another figurehead. But that name that name appears, and it, it definitely strikes your memory. Okay, uh, can I investigate just the sanctuary, the candles, the altar, or whatever's going on here? And you're kind of just looking for the same same idea, like yeah. What is what is it the worshippers are trying to get out of this place? There's a couple little inscriptions that you see that talk about. It says the dust embodied the dust comma embodied and that only stands out to you because it you see it written a couple different times go ahead and roll religion on that for me ah worst i will say that there's something to this like you're able you 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 recognize that um the name girithkar being there in the same place where this phrase the dust embodied is um is not an accident um, and so there's some correlation between those two things. I have so many files to go through in my memory banks right now. I call out hello to see if there's a priest or anyone nearby. Uh, there's there's nobody who answers. There, there's not even like a back room. It's pretty much like the door to the garden and like the main door to come in. I'm going to sneak a book out of here. Oh, Ooh. interesting. Good gracious. Roll stealth. You have to roll sleight of hand, obviously, because there's nobody in here to watch you do it. But rolling stealth, okay, yeah, you. I mean, you put it in your bag <laughs> and, and walk out. And it's not like immediately obvious that you've just put a, be- a book in your bag. There's a couple, uh, a couple people standing out front. A couple drow folk standing out front of the of the uh, temple, and, and they see you come out, and they're like, "Oh, well, hello there." Hail and well met, friends. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, you um. <laughs> Are you big into worship? Oh, you, oh wait, you got a holy symbol. Oh, cool. Are you the new priest? I was actually looking for the old priest to talk with him. Oh, um, sorry, you mean her. I think she took a bunch of people out that way. And he kind of points um, in, a, in a one direction. Oh, well, thank you for letting me know. Uh, might I ask, uh, uh, I'm really new to this religion gig here in the Underdark. Would you happen to know, I- I'm afraid, I I'm just woke up in a stupor. And I'm very ignorant. Just wondering, who is this temple to? Uh, you say woke up in a stupor, and they they all both look down at your water can, and then look back at <laughs> you, and just kind of cock an eyebrow. 
It is water, believe me. Uh, well, I mean, it's to one of the great old ones. It is one of to the great old ones? It, this, this temple's for one of the great old ones, yes. One of? <laughs> and you're not allowed to say his name? <laughs> uh, we, we've lost that information a long time ago, and then especially once the Illithid came through here and ransacked everything. Of course. We only have a few reference texts. I think I think there's three books in in there. Let me go let me go see if I can find all three books in there. And oh. he, starts, he starts to walk in. <laughs> oh no 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 oh uh, no ne- that's not necessary. I have. Uh, are you I, sure? Because I, I it would be really easy just to go no, get them. Believe me, it's okay. I already read um what I needed in there. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. If if you say so, that's yes. that's cool. Uh, do you mind? Um, yeah, just pointing again to where the uh, old priestess has gone. Yeah. He he points um, to the west. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. And uh, have, I have, a, bolt have a good out of day. There. Thank you. Some, you you do too. You want, do you want some actual water? It's okay. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> oh my god. Are you sure you don't want some actual water? And then they all look at Roran, all at once. Just, uh, and another woman speaks up. Yes, child. You have questions. Please allow us to assuage your curiosities. First off, I have so many questions that I hope you might be able to answer. First, why did you call me Keeper of Tanavest? Second, since you appear to know the old gods, are you aware of how one or any of them are connected to the imprisonment of the jinn? And are you aware of the being who gave me a divine vision the other night and what this has to do with the shards of Mylar? The Stormfather made us aware of all of you. How else do you think we know who you are? Mr. Nerebiel... We call you Keeper of Tenebest because your very essence glows with the power that only comes from holding the splinters of the last eleven. When you ask about the old gods, Mr. Nerabiel, do you mean one of the previous eleven, or do you mean one of the three eldest? suppose the three eldest, though I'm curious how the previous eleven comes into play. You are quite familiar with one of the elders, I believe. Kandaros has quite the history with that one. As for the other two, they're only fractions of self anymore, lost to a sibling rivalry that escalated into astronomic deicide. There's a lot of cackling and sounds of people taking glugs of wine. And then one tiefling woman with stark white hair and piercing blue eyes locks your gaze. Who were they originally? Is Mylar one of them? As the legend goes, yes. The three brothers from the youngest up, Mylar Girathkar. Ichabar. Yes, we are familiar with Ichabar. What happened to his siblings? They're still around, just uh, not in the capacity you may expect. Twelve pieces of Malar sat at the head of the world for some time until they too were broken. Now only one remains. Girithkar was similarly crushed, his dust strewn across the world. The strange glow on their skin seems to fade, uh, and then they turn their eyes to Korak. Ignis, you wake up, um, you're laying on your stomach, and you start to get up, and there's uh, there's something heavy on your back, and uh, you heave it <laughs> off of you, and you stand up, and you're out. Um, you're so far away from the city that you actually can't see. You can only see, like, the glow of the lights in the distance anymore. <laughs> and uh, strewn around you are a huge pile of dead creatures of all kinds. There's Boulettes. There's Ankeg. There's a couple displacer beasts. There's a lot of goblins. And nearby, there's one dead giant spider. 
and it looks as though you've carved the Havocs symbol into all of their bodies. <laughs> I just feel like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you didn't describe what was on my back, right? Oh, oh yeah, it was It was like a boulette. was like, had oh, died okay. and fallen over on, and like rolled, maybe you used it as a blanket, I don't know. I'm just gonna check my person to make sure like I didn't lose anything or not injured, because <laughs> some shit went down. You look like you're in pretty good shape, considering. Can I just like look around the environment? Yes. I'm far away from the city. Am I like in a like near? Am I just like in a plain area or near water or something? Um, yeah, actually, there's a, a small stream running nearby. Um, and for the most part, you are. It's not like flat plain. Uh, it's pretty rocky and stuff. A lot of dirt as well. Um, but like you're you're at this point, you're like far enough away from the city that like it's it's gone behind like the curvature of the planet, you know. Right. You can see the glow of the of its lights, like lighting up some of the the walls and and like stalagmites and things nearby. Um, so you know that like that's the way to the city, and like a little bit more looking around reveals like there's a path nearby, um, that you probably took to get out here. But it also continues along uh in the other direction, which is also the same way that the uh this little um stream is flowing and it doesn't lead to anything that i can see off in the distance uh not quite not quite i guess roll perception for me looking out that direction you know that that's to the east there's nothing over there (laughs) 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 my job here is done you know that a stream runs that way yeah stream stream is running that way and there's also a pathway that heads that direction um okay i'm not like hung over anything am i no surprisingly not no Okay, I guess I'll just, like, shrug and start walking towards the city, down the path. <laughs> Alright, cool. Kandoros. There's uh, the youngest-looking woman of these old women of the group is looking at you. After so long, you come back to us. Have you come to inspect your legacy? Seeking a boon from the Emperor Zert of Harpact? Rather, to reclaim it, my ladies, yes. I'm afraid my mind has become just full to the brim from my escapades and adventures. So much so that I've forgotten who I am. And while some truths are better off forgotten, I'm afraid I can no longer accept that for my family or for my own. Tell me, wise, elegant mistresses of knowledge, who exactly was Picobar to me once? As Candorus? And pray patience with my fragile mind. Did I hear correctly when you said that foul eye in the sky is older than the original gods? Older than my father? The women all throw their knitting into the center of the circle and the fabric bursts into this spectacular flame of ruby and emerald. But the whole time that they do this, their eyes haven't left you, Korak. And their voices again rise in unison with only small deviations of tone and cadence. Ichabar! has had a hold of you for a very, very long time. There's something in you, Kandoros, that the Great Old One wants, needs, or can use. Perhaps it's your divine lineage? Suppose it's your thirst for power? The fire turns bright red, and there's a part of all three of you that thinks Ichabar's eye is looking through the fire at you. Maybe there's something about his siblings that is irresistible to him, and with you being an independent shard of Maelar himself, you present a challenge and a good meal to the eldest. The eye of the old one looks to you because you are an impartial conduit. Your actions of past lives may have affected you now, and someday you may have to answer for them. 
For now, you must focus on the object of your own desires. No half-measures, Happy Herald. I guess as the fire got a little more intense, Korak looked a, he looked a little uneasy and maybe sensing the uneasiness coming from his two friends, he uh, he tried to stiffen himself up a little bit. And as, as the heat became more intense and just the tone in their voice and their uh, intensity began to bring up some poor memories of his regarding conversations with Ichabar, um, Korak casts Thaumaturgy as he unfurls his wings and he rises up off the ground. He points an accusing finger at this display of uh, fury and power before him. The walls appear to shake as he uh, he tries to outshout the wise woman before him. Uh, Do not speak to me in riddles, those who are a voice for malicious hunger. I am Korak, master of the arcane arts. He who has lived a hundred lives. You call me Kandoros, but that name means nothing to me now. Answer me this, how am I both the son of death and also the fragment of the remains of a sibling to Ichabar? I will not live in fear of this eldest any longer. I wanted power, but I have it, and it grows by the hour. Ichabar will find no meal in me, only a challenge that he will leave to regret. Gob, you wake up and you find yourself in a room, a stone, a stone hewn room or hewn stone. I don't know how to how to like say that it's carved out of rock and you recognize it as a sort of a library type room uh, that you had briefly checked out earlier when you guys explored the spire. Your spell book is out uh, for no real discernible reason. Um, There's a couple books nearby you. Okay, is it still like early in the day? Yeah, like uh, probably like mid morning. Okay. Everyone else is busy. I think I'm going to get out for my bag some charcoal incense and whatnot and uh, build a little fire and bring back my familiar, the owl, Thor. Yeah, I think I'll spend the next hour doing that um, ritual spell to bring him back. And then once it's done, I'll try to find the find the group because a lot of plans to head out, so I don't want to be late to that. Okay. Now let me ask you, when you, when you do ritual spells, are you pulling out your book, your spell book, and like reading through it? in order to follow it properly or well i think so because the ritual spells aren't um prepared i don't hold them in my mind so i'm guessing it's i have to pull out my book for that okay um roll um investigation for me while you're leafing through your spell book uh you crack open your spell book uh maybe open it like from the the back cover or something you pass briefly by that section where you had copied the inscription out of korak's book of shadows and you see very briefly that it looks like um, the inscription has kind of grown and taken over a few extra blank pages that you don't remember, like, writing it in. Whoa. Can I read anything on the inscription? Uh, it's, it's like, the same kind of uh, just repeated, like, over itself, almost like a fractal. So I wrote it on one page, and now it's taken up, like, two or three? Yeah. I'll do an, I guess, Arcana check on it. Well, yeah. So there's definitely, like, magic coming from this, right? Part of it is your the power that's in the spell book itself like the 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 magic that you have written it's not like it's not that the magic comes from the spell book so much as it is that because you have these spells written down in the spell book gives it kind of its own charge in a way i think i rip out those pages then so i don't want them spreading to the rest of my spell book yeah what do you do with them i'll keep them i'll put them next to like my other journal and stuff in my bag probably show they're from Korok's book yeah it was from from his book of shadows that you guys had looked at in the um, astral plane 
you had taken that and copied it, copied that inscription when he was showing it to you in the astral plane. I'll probably show him later. Yeah, I'll just put them by themselves, um, but in my bag still. So I'll keep them to show them later. Okay. And you said there are some other books around me? Yeah, this whole room is kind of filled with books. Um, it's sort of like a library type thing. Any books out on the ground next to my spell book? Um, there was, yeah, there was like a pile of books, like on the desk that you kind of fell asleep on, and your spell book was like propped up against them. Any of them, any interesting titles or anything? If I look down the spines? A lot of them are, are they're all very old, pre-packard old, a little more than, uh, what, what were we saying, like 300 years ago? Do you speak under common? No, I don't. Roll investigation for me again, since you're rolling on these books. So with a, with that role, I will say uh, there's something about these. Like even though you don't speak the language, you you you're seeing some words uh, that look like they're the like common words, right? Um, they're like the same words written on different spines. Uh, so like you know that those books are probably talking about maybe the same thing, whatever it might be. I will say that with as far as like the covers go and things like that, there's nothing that looks inherently like even flipping through and looking at illustrations in these books. There's nothing that looks inherently dark about them. Um, so you don't really have any reason to believe that maybe these books caused whatever happened in your spell book. However, you don't remember like picking them out last night. Okay. Um, maybe if there are some, like you said, that look interesting, I'll grab those, put them in my bag too to read later. Cool. There's about three of them. Specifically, if there's anything about gods or old gods or anything like that, I'd grab grab that for research later. Then I would, I guess, start the ritual to bring back the owl after that stuff. Uh, with Korak's display, the flames go out at the center of the room, and a lot of the wise women seem to kind of like blow <laughs> over. <laughs> they, it takes them uh, uh, just like a couple seconds to compose themselves again, but then they all look really stricken, uh, sheepish nervous um a little bit sad there's just one woman who pipes up and says you you misunderstand us we we would never we, we could never they lose their composure again and start shouting amongst themselves for a minute and finally they the oldest woman of the lot speaks up her red skin is wrinkled there's more than a little flab that makes her look like a deflated tomato uh, but her voice is strong Master Korak, champion of Kawahara and Bane of Korg, the Warmaster. We mean only the utmost respect for you when we call you by those names. You are to our people what the Shrike is to the temple clergy. You are the symbol. You're the reason we get to sit in these chairs and discuss what must be done about the coming of the Unstoppable. You are the child of not just one shard of Malar as are most demigods around today. You are the creation of two pieces of divine essence. You are, in effect, an independent piece of an old god. This is why Ichabar wants you. You are outside the normal confines of divinity. We mean to aid you in this journey, not, not hinder. And they notice a halt in the conversation and realize that maybe they've crossed a line with you. And the oldest woman pulls out a small box and lifts it towards God. Son of Oral, your boon is the best that we can offer to a man of knowledge. If you decide to use it, know that the cost of this boon is that your knowledge cannot be taken back. There may be other costs involved in getting what you want, but those are not for us to decide. And then she looks back at Korak and gestures to the box. The key to unfastening the binds in your mind lay here as well. 
But again, this knowledge can't be taken back. If you locked it away from yourself, there very well may be something you don't want to have back in your life. Take care as you are meddling with matters of the gods. And they set the box down and looked to Roran quizzically. Have we satisfied your questions? Is there more you request of us, a boon to you as well? Roran thinks about it for a bit. He says, I swore an oath, and apparently it no longer holds. And my home beckons me now. But apparently, these shards must be united. And I'll need all the help I can get to bring the shards together and free my kin from whatever malice is coming for them. What is it you can offer me? Um, the woman reaches her hand out uh, and indicates your staff. I sheepishly hand it over. She takes a hold of it and sits back down in her chair and she sets it on her lap. And then she produces a knife. She sort of flourishes it too. Hold up. Um, she cuts open the palm of her hand with that knife. And she squeezes blood onto the haft of the staff and passes it to the next woman who does the same. She passes it to the next woman who does the same. And the next woman who does the same until the whole staff is stained a crimson red. And the last woman of this group, of this knitting circle, holds onto it. And then she leans her head back. And a couple of the other women hold her in place with uh, blood staining all their cloaks now with their hands bleeding. And they take that knife and lift it to just above the woman's left eye. And then without so much as any pomp and circumstance, they just kind of shove it down into her eye, piercing it. And she doesn't flinch. They allow some blood to pool and then bring the staff over and tip it, tip her head uh, so the blood drips onto the staff. And then the oldest woman looks at you and says, one eye from a seer. Find the other shards, Mr. Nureveel. Finding them will awaken the piece of Tanabast that you keep. With honor alive in you, the eye of the seer will allow you one chance to tip the very scales of fate itself. Be warned, however, when you push fate, fate tends to push back. And she hands you the staff. I very sheepishly take it back. Medusa, you come awake. You're standing upright out in the middle of an uh, empty stretch of flat rock. You don't have your eye cover on. There's a sound of, like, rocks crackling and scraping behind you. I would um, call out to my familiar and see if it's around. He's not around right now. Frumpkin is not not nearby right now. Do I have, like, any of my gear with me? No. You're dressed in nice uh, religious robes, almost. What happened last night? Because I'm going to close my eyes and just try to blindly (laughs) go around in fear of turning anyone to stone <laughs> are you turning around and walking back the way you came from or like walking behind you because in front of you there's nothing right Not i'm trying like... to figure out my my surroundings you end up tripping over someone uh and they go ow uh and then there's like a, a general kind of shuffle as uh, a bunch of people pick you up and stand you back up and they're asking you if you're okay where's my blindfold you you say that and uh there's a lot of like there's this kind of murmur hushed murmuring and uh, and then someone pushes something into your hands, and it's like a it's a piece of cloth. It's like a piece of wool cloth, and so it's really thick. So you can put it on, but you won't be able to see anything out of it. Well, I guess that's a start. 
I wrap it around. You wrap it around your head and you look like you're able to like kind of look out the bottom of it, right? And so you can see there's a bunch of like feet <laughs> around you. Uh, they're all like drow style shoes. There's a lot of dress robes and things like that. And it looks like you're standing in the middle of a, some kind of a religious congregation. Uh, did I start another cult? Not again. There's uh, a lot of people who are like, um, we're just waiting for you to begin the ceremony. Ceremony. Yes, yes, you did start another call. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you. It's. I'm so confused. You. You came to us this morning, telling us that you were the new priestess for the ancient temple, and you had something to tell us about the dust embodied. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> you have a book on it or something I could read? <laughs> a point of braille. We were under the impression you left all three of those books back at the temple. You had you had said that you didn't need you said and I quote I don't need any books you <laughs> stupid imbecile. <laughs> uh, well, that's correct. And then I just start speaking nonsense. Yeah, everyone's like sitting and listening to you. What what do you can I ask what are you talking about? Like what are you saying? Oh, I'm just telling them about memories and just to not forget about the past. Korak kind of clasped his hands and he slowly grinned ear to ear at the sight before him and then just kind of the apex of that excitement was roared actually accepting the staff. Um, <clears throat> my apologies, uh, fairly. I don't mean to nip at the hand lending myself and my friend's aid. I'm just afraid these revelations have brought out the worst of me. Uh, I should have known better than to lose my temper and I apologize. Um, he kind of lowers himself into a bow. But uh, what you're saying only affirms my attentions. Uh, what was once lost to me must be found. Whatever the consequences may be, as he kind of gestures towards the box. Jeff kind of leans forward, cautiously taking the box and looking at it. And says, so you're, so you're saying if I choose to open this box, I won't be able to close it again? Or is it more that if I choose to use what lies within the box, I can't undo that choice? If you accept this item from us, you don't have to do anything with it. For all intents and purposes, this gift is yours to do with as you please. It'll make its way where it needs to go when it is sure that you have no more need of it. Um, and she's smiling at you, and as she's smiling, her smile turns a little bit sad. And she says, but yes, if you take what is inside and you willingly use it, that stopper can never be put back on. Knowledge cannot be unlearned. Even in such cases as Kent, uh, she pauses and shoots an apologetic look to Korak. Uh, Korak, it's all still there. It's simply waiting to be unleashed again. Well, thank you for your gift and for letting us speak with you. And then Gob kind of cracks open the corner of the box and takes a look at what's inside. You look into the box and see what looks like a quartz crystal. It's about half the size of your fist. Close the lid. I put it in my bag. Kind of turn back to the other... Two that I haven't really been looking at much to Korak and Horan uh, say, I don't think that's the road I want to go down, at least not right now. But then back to the to ladies, but thank you. And then I turn to him and say, don't worry, guys. I'm not about to follow the same path as my mother. I just have to know what's out there. I don't know if you noticed, but they said there's other ways to become a lich. Um, you can have that gift bestowed to you by a god. So maybe instead of stealing the souls of many people, I can just friend of god you guys know any 
Korak just kind of gives this cheesy grin and shrugs. Uh, well, word in my powers, our friend Mr. Webb would probably have made that request so many times that I would have just given in and made him one. The, the women have begun talking amongst themselves, and it's just context clues and things um, kind of tells you that this, this meeting has officially adjourned. Um, some of them are standing up and moving away, and the woman with the pierced eye is strangely nowhere to be found. Um, she's just gone. Rorin does notice that and ponders for a while. <laughs> as you're as you're talking, uh, a whole bunch of badgers come skittering by you. <laughs> well, that feels weird. And uh, a lot of the people kind of shriek, and there's a, a lot of cursing, and there's a bunch of people who are like, "This is this is getting ridiculous." Uh, we're we're finally learning something about this. And badgers? Are you kidding me with this? Don't forget the past. <laughs> and then you hear someone calling out uh, as Roran walks up over the horizon. Roran, you walk up to see uh, Medusa standing in the middle of like this crowd of people with a bunch of badgers running around. Um, Landis, the badgers lead you into what looks like a religious gathering, and Medusa is apparently leading some kind of a ceremony. Medusa, what are you doing? Get me out of here. Hello, friends. Uh, may I inquire what this gathering is about? This is what's well, to be the first in probably 300 years, the first meeting we've had about one of the elders. We were very excited to, to finally maybe learn something new, especially once the newcomers came in and, and Medusa told us that she had information about the dust embodied. And he kind of like looks all sheepish. Medusa, do you know anything about the dust embodied? Don't forget the past. Ignis, you you're heading. You said you're heading back to the city, right? Yeah. Um, you notice that there's a, a tiny little dragon about the size of the palm of your hand is sitting on a rock, and it's making like sad noises. And you recognize you recognize Frumpkin. <laughs> Sucks to suck. I'm just gonna head on over to him. Just say, hey, buddy, what are you doing way out here? <laughs> Uh, he makes more sad noises and then looks back towards the city a little bit and then jumps up on your shoulder and breathes like a tiny little spout of flame. It's more like a spark from a Bic lighter, but looking towards the city. Okay, well, that, that's where I'm going, so you can come along. <laughs> now just start heading back, heading over to the village, or the city. Um, Korak, looking down from your perch, you see like a big gathering of people kind of off in the distance to the west. I'll just I'll just fly over to it. Yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot longer uh, when Korak kind of swoops in overhead and then Ignis and Frumpkin emerge from uh, around a, a bend. And uh, and as soon as Ignis comes into view, um, Medusa, you get... Because you use Frumpkin as your eyes, right? Oh, yes. Okay, so as soon as Ignis comes like into view, you suddenly get like a, a your vision back, right? And you can see yourself standing from a distance... Um, basically surrounded by a bunch of people who look like they are just totally ready for like Sunday brunch or whatever. And there's a bunch of badgers still running around at your feet. <laughs> people are trying not to step on them. This is the best religion I've ever heard of. Remember the past. You keep saying that. <laughs> what? That's great. We do. We would like to forget the past 300 years. I mean, realistically, if we, we can commit that to memory if we need to. But is there anything you can tell us? You seemed so sure of yourself just earlier this morning. Did you, like, did you hit your head on the way out here? What happened? I checked my head. Am I bleeding? <laughs> <laughs> no, your your little snake hairs are are just like, they're prodding at your hand um, confusedly. 
and then I guess um, uh, Gob, you come down out of the spire, and there's a lot of people who are kind of like walking west, and you see Korak from above in the spire above you, um, just like swoop down and fly west. I head west. Okay, you're all back together now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what do you guys want to do at this point? You're all kind of surrounded by what looks like a, a church service gone wrong. Using Frumpkin as my eyes, do I see my blindfold anywhere? Um, yeah, your your pack is stashed um, out of the way. I gotta make way to my pack and get the blindfold on me. Cool. Yeah, you're able to do that. Did, did we establish if Medusa can read under common? Medusa's got com- common and abyssal. Can anyone read this book for me? <laughs> Where'd you get that book, Roran? I've never seen you carry that book before. Don't you worry book? about it at all. Oh, it's, it looks like the, I don't know, the binding <laughs> looks like it's, it kind of looks like some draw books that Tali used to carry. I think Medusa needed it earlier and forgot it. Oh, okay. Books are for nerds. I don't need no damn books. Wow, none, none of you, none of you guys have Undercommon. Do you know who did have Undercommon? Oh, no. <laughs> Tali. Well, none of us can read it. I sure hope he didn't go through any trouble getting that book or, you know, Ron that he wanted to get that book or anything. Maybe some of the locals can help us read it. Hey, locals, does anybody want to play priest today? All these people standing around here are just like, what in tarnation is going on? Remember the past. <laughs> now I'm saying. Now I'm saying. Do, do any of them speak under common if we ask the. Oh, yeah. Um, th- there's a bunch of people who are just like, yeah, we speak under common. Why, why is he pulling a book out of his. Why is he pulling one of the religious texts out of his backpack? And they look at Medusa. Does this. Do you know this guy? And they're looking at. They're looking at Roran when they're saying this, by the way. Um, I am going to cast message on Medusa uh, because she needs to hear me and me alone saying these people think I am the next priest and you are the current priestess please tell them you are uh, training me at the moment and that's why I had to grab the book for you yeah so my servant picked up the book for me because I need it but 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 you told us that you didn't need them. Oh my god, what is happening? Remember the past. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, listen. Do we just want to say, like, rub-a-dub-dub, you know, thanks for the grub or something like that? Is this is... I don't know what's happening anymore. I'm uh, in training and still unaware as well. Uh, but since Medusa has to be blindfolded, uh, I was wondering if anybody can help train me in uh, the reading of Undercommon. There's one guy who is like, all right, let me let me see that. Okay, read this book, sir. Help me out. Um, he opens it up and he's like, this is a, this is like a children's book of stories. Oh, grab the wrong one. And he's like, I think probably... The one in this thing that's in here that would be the most relevant would be something like, uh, and he's like leafing through trying to find maybe like a relevant, uh, you know, not because I don't have my notes open yet. Um, He's like, this is probably the closest you get to something that's not a children's story. And it's because it's full of murder. So it's a young adult fiction. And he reads it out loud. And um, it says, I was there the day honor was shattered. I saw enrichment destroyed. I watched as pride was snuffed out and beside her endurance become devoid. 
Surprised she was indeed when death came for her too. To truth and logic he turned his blade next, their shards he did accrue. Chaos and justice fell next, for once united in purpose. Kindness pled, she begged him stop, she asked him to preserve us. Death ran me through next, and shattered my soul upon the plains. Then he struck down love, and wept and wept, which only brought the rains. He brought up their wards, and spun them tales to ease their minds of murder. Then those of us shattered created shadows, sowing doubt upon their number. Mischief was wonderful, and in his unwanted position his sorrows were vast. His grief brought to life my shadows, those children my soul broadcast. You've heard my heart, you know my memory. Remember me, I ask. My name was once Nonami. And they're like, it's a silly a silly thing about one of the old gods of mischief, that's all. I heard something about shards. As he was reading this, you guys heard the word Nonami. And um, who was it that got Webby's stuff? All of it? Me. Most of it? Korak? Um, Korak, your your attention for whatever there's not like nothing happens. The, there's no like vibrating. There's no heat or anything like that. But your attention is drawn to your your bag in the compartment where you stored a lot of like the smaller items that uh, Webby held. Oh, the belt, nose, and poking through. Yeah. So you you open it up and uh, there's a tiny little stone. Um, it's sort of clearish. Um, got a green tinge to it. Um, and it's glowing a little bit. You can't help but feel that as you're looking at this little stone, if you were to, you just like, you feel like if you squeezed it, it, it would like hold your memories for you. Um, it's a weird way of putting it, but that's kind of how you feel about it. And it's just, it's just glowing. I move a little bit closer to the, the text on the God of this, uh, the text, it was on the God of Mischief, right? It was what we just heard. That's what the guy was saying. Yeah. If I, do I like position myself a little bit closer to the book? As this thing's glowing, does anything change? No, nothing changes. I'll, yeah, I'll just kind of shrug and give it a little, between my thumb and index finger, I'll just give it a little gentle squeeze. You squeeze it and there's like this moment where like just everything kind of expands and gets like, you, like you're looking at your memories through a tunnel. Um, and there's this really, this incredible burst of like energy that comes from that. And it's like you're look, kind of looking at your, the current life, you know, this this life that you've let, lived for the last, you know, whatever, 30 some odd years. 40 some odd years you, you kind of like you get this ability to look at all of the memories that you have in this life from that perspective <laughs> you go into a ui screen and you can pick which memories you want um i'm, I'm looking at this item do, do i i mean if i have to roll anything so be it but do i recognize this if webby ever showed this to me or did i even know this was on his position um you did not know that he had this no i'll definitely try to ignore the curiosity of just delving into these right now and just kind of i'll go ahead and at least roll arcana on it as i pocket it again it's pretty (laughs) fucking bad i mean you but you look at this thing and you're you know immediately that this is not any normal kind of magic enchantment there's there's something deeper about this you just can't quite discern what well that totally belongs in my pocket then the people are kind of like standing around and they, they like watched you like just like <laughs> look around and pick up this rock and squeeze it and then put it in your pocket and then you just kind of like side and they're just like okay i think we're gonna go roran are you sure we don't need those other two books from that temple <laughs> <laughs> books from a temple what are you guys talking about i will go back with this crowd and We'll see what I can find at the temple. Was this temple a library, Roran? Like, where you know rent books and give them back? 
Of course you give them back. Okay. I have to make sure this one's properly placed as well. Alright guys, let's go to the library. Come on. You go to the temple? I would like to ask one of the, the gentlemen that read for us to uh, come with us real come quick. Come with you? Okay. Yes. He's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, I was gonna go get a sweet, you know, Eggs Benedict, but I guess just we'll do this. a moment of your time. It'll the Eggs right. Benedict will be there for, for waiting for you. I, I doubt that, man. Those, <laughs> have you seen those lines? They go out the, the back door. It's crazy. That's what brunch does, I guess. If you give us a hand, we'll give you the best meatball sub you've ever had. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> oh, my God. What was the wink for? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, you guys go back to the temple, which has trouble fitting all six of you, <laughs> seven of you, like, and, and not because, like, it's not exactly, like, a small room. Well, it is small. Okay, whoever it's, hates it's designed, books can stay outside. It's, divi- it's designed for, like, a small group of people, but that aren't, like, armored to the teeth. Right. So, Sounds like um, a so little you guys chapel, take up a basically. lot of, yes. All right, good, sir. Thank you so much for uh, helping us read this particular book, even though it is a children's religious book. Perhaps you can help us interpreting uh, these other two lying here. He's like, yeah, uh, you're talking about the, the lines here that says the, the dust um, the dust embodied? Yes, that's what I was uh, yeah. uh, and picking he, up he earlier. Shoots, he shoots Medusa a look, and he's like, well, I had hoped to learn a little bit about that today. And... And yes, and he goes, yes, yes, I know, I know, remember the past. <laughs> remember the past. <laughs> but, uh, but listen, I I don't know any more about it than you do. In fact, you probably know more about it than I do. I don't, I mean, I, gu- I guess you do. Uh, but does the name Girithkar mean anything to you? Ah, yes. Girithkar was one of the, uh, he's one of the three... Elders, one of the the three great old ones. I should say one of the two, ultimately, but he has two brothers. Well, one of them being Mylar. Yes, yes, Mylar, yes. Very good. Are you the new priest? I'm not quite sure about that one yet, but I was just uh, interested and intrigued by these writings. And unfortunately, I don't understand the written under common. Uh, and we are um, on a quest for searching more mm, writings and artifacts about uh, the old ones. Ah, uh, I see. Well, there's uh, an old story from uh, from many years ago about the the shards of divinity, all twelve of them. You might be familiar with this. Uh, I've heard of the shards. I'm not familiar with the story itself. Well, as legend would have it, the gods we have now are not the gods that existed some time ago. At some point, there was a... Well, we call it the Shattering. And that sounds like a funny thing to call something that we already call for shards, as the name shard implies a shattering. But the legend is that when the gods died... Their power was shattered and given to new hosts. Interesting. Do we know how the gods died? There's lots of different theories on that, as I'm sure you as a you know man of the cloth are well familiar with the uh, 
religious debates and uh, theological discussions and things like that. I personally, I'm in it for the coffee and the girls, but <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, of course, I'm uh, somewhat familiar with these legends. You know that I'm. I'm sure that all of these theories have been pro- proposed by either priests or, or you know, religious uh, authorities and a couple of the you know dig a hole in the ground kind of prepper type, and you know, uh, conspiracy theory people. We have those here too. Believe it or not, it's worse here in the underground. I figured that's why you're in the underground, anyways. One of the legends has it that that the gods couldn't bear what they had done. Before they became individual pieces, and so they allowed themselves to die. Another legend has it that they were killed by one of the elders, and yet another legend has it that they that there was a, a coup from within the gods. Is there anything that you happen to recall about the return of any of these old ones? Well, uh, it's you know once again been one of the theories that if the old shards of the old gods could be found and reunited that it could it could possibly bring back the the old divinity as it were i don't know if that means that one of the elders would be brought back or or what but it's it's a pipe dream i mean nobody surely nobody could do that from any of the theories that you ascertain do you know if girithkar was shattered or just blown into oblivion well, once again, I mean, theories differ here. Nobody can quite agree. But the, the general consensus is that Gareth Carr is no longer whole. Oblivion might be a good way of putting it, but that's the one I would personally choose to believe. Well, sir, thank you for your time. Uh, we'll be sure to uh, return these books in their proper place, of course. Excellent. That That would be helpful because we already have so little here... It would be a real shame to lose anything else of course, from here. Losing your religious history would be a paramount uh, disaster, honestly. And it's so sure, sad. Sure. The last 200 years have been under the control of the Illithids. Sir, thank you for your time. Here is um, two silver pieces. Uh, I don't know how currency works here, but um, I hope it uh, gives you two eggs, Benedict. He tries to take a bite out of it, and he's like, I can't eat this. Okay. And here is your meatball sub. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, where did you get that from? You weren't holding that a minute ago. With God, all things are possible. <laughs> <laughs> he takes it, and he takes a bite out of it. He's like, oh, my. Oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever had. He's like walking out. This is the greatest. I take all three books. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're standing alone in the temple. Now, if I remember right, wasn't one of the shards here in the Underdark at the Black Lake? We think it's at, yeah, at the Black Lake. I'm pretty sure Korak still wanted to lay Tally to rest there. I love her, trust me, but she's getting kind of heavy. So are all these books. This is a pretty small library, Roar. They only have three books? Okay, this is just the temple. The library's somewhere else. I don't know where the library is. Oh, so they're letting you borrow the books? Yes, yes, of course. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I am, I guess, their new <laughs> priest now. Do you want the robes? Yes, I want the robes. Do you have robes? Did they give you robes? Medusa undresses, Gret. Oh, God. Puts the robes, <laughs> puts on her clothes, thank you. 
I can't take another cult. There was like a, a Sims-style pixelation that happened just now. <laughs> nice. So, Korak, this is a little weird question, but how is your book? And I pull out the pages that I have that are all corrupted and show him. Is this happening to you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it does that. You can't discern that writing, can you? I never have been able to. No, I was hoping you could help me understand what it means. It's all gibberish to me. Why can nobody read around here? <laughs> There's been a few times I've been able to read it, and I think it's times when he was okay with me reading his writing. And it would always just kind of come into light. I don't know, it was almost like finding the drunk man's poetry in the middle of a bar. Like, it never made sense. You know, only a few words would jump out at me, and they just seemed to repeat over and over again. Remember the past. Remember the past. <laughs> but this is interesting that just the writing itself was enough to take your pages. I've never, I've never really tried or experimented with taking the writing and copying on different, different paper. It shows that there's something stronger behind these words, and it's. I mean, these are these. This was, you know, this is what I would write whenever I was lost in Ichabar's presence, more or less. And I was trying to make sense of what I was experiencing and what I was trying to. I, I almost thought that one day it would kill me and someone would find this book and at least be able to make sense of what I couldn't, but it doesn't seem to matter where his writing is. It's, like it's almost like it's, it's a little infection or something. Are there still badgers scurrying around us? Yeah, I'm, I'm, unless he says otherwise, I'm assuming Landis is still a badger. Cool. Yes. And does anybody know why there's this badger chilling with us? You look down at the badger, and one of them stops and, like, looks at you and gives you, like, a, come on, man, look. That totally happens. Squeak, 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 All the other badgers start going, squeak, 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 squeak. Oh, I was gonna ask Korak. I know me and Webby, like, go way back and are great friends. Um, you wouldn't recall, uh, him being in some sort of league or alliance with the god Nonami. I believe his adoptive father was named Nonami. Dad was Nonami. If I'm remembering right. If I'm remembering right. You're remembering right. I never I never met the man, but from what Webby told me again and again was it was a, um, a wizard who, who, you know, raised Webby as his own son and saw him as, a, saw him as an actual person and gave him purpose in the arcane arts. I believe he resided to the far, far uh, southwest, if I remember right. Again, never met him myself. I think Webby once spoke of uh, seeing him when he uh, went into Wabajack's woods at one point. Interesting. You Webby was raised by the god of No, just a, a man named Onami who was a wizard. You guys all met him in the astral plane. Oh, true. Um, just so, just so I'll, I'll clear this up for you guys. Oh, thank God. Um, you guys did meet the the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> The spirit of Nonami, right? His dad, his adoptive dad. There was no reason for any of you to have assumed that he was divine in any way. And the way I'll put it to you is that it was more like he was named after that particular god. He was like given a name as a, like a namesake. Mm. Would cool. they know that though? Well, well, I guess maybe one not. One person in the party would kind of know that. Go on. Well, Roran had an incident with, um, not an incident, but back in my back in my day during my lessons, there there was the list of the old names of the gods before the new gods showed up. 
and Nonami was one of them. Nonami wasn't mischief, as far as I recall. Nonami was growth, longing, memory, and happiness. How old was this guy? Old! I, I actually, I need to re- re- change, exchange one thing. Okay. Um, growth is now discovery. Okay. Well, you, you sound like you're befuddled there, Vorin. Is there there's something that's... Is that anything new? <laughs> is there? <laughs> it seems like this Nonami has sent you on the spin. Is there? Is there something you're trying to connect the dots here? I've been trying to connect the dots since the first session. As far as I would give my advice to our group, uh, we want to lay Tali down to rest, and it is near a place where there might be a shard of Mylar, and we must find that shard. Somehow I think this is leading us into something bigger, though, um, in resurrecting the older ones, and not just Mylar, and not just the djinn. Uh, I fear for whatever might be in store for us um, if Girithkar and Ichabar are going to be a part of this resurrection. Yeah, are we sure we're not bringing worse evil upon this world by doing all this? Maybe we should just quit. Or do we have any other options? Well, we're trying to resurrect Jin. What are these old ones you guys are talking about resurre- resurrecting? Perhaps the old ones are the Jin. So, Roran, you think if we get all 12 shards together, the old gods will come back to life? That's what you think? Perhaps some trace of their power. I search my memory banks for, was it just 12 shards of Mylar or just 12 shards in general? Oh, goodness. There's a prophecy. There's a prophecy or a poem. <laughs> oh, God. Roran just faints. <laughs> you want to squeeze my rock? Help you out a little bit there? Yeah, give me the rock. Squeeze my rock. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure we have one shot already that the wise women gave to us. And I pull out that little box with that crystal thing in it and open it up. That one is the memory shard. I carry honor. And the last one we have to find is compassion, which we're assuming is at the lake. Do you mind if I hold on to that, uh, God? I've been meaning to hold on to this. Um, sure. I was kind of hoping to keep it close to me if we go back to the lake. You're talking about the the shard? Uh, with the, uh, is that what the women gave us back in Harpcray? They did give you a box with a crystal in it, yes. Yes. Didn't they say it was great power held within the crystal they did indeed that's one of them then is this what your shard looks like roran i showed you mine (laughs) christ i don't know if i can show you mine (laughs) god what am i doing with my life who are you people everything i once thought i knew it's all a facade should we try to get the third and figure it out then right now i think that's our best path forward do the rest of you all agree i think that's a good idea yeah yes what's the worst that could happen right okay you guys are heading to the black lake do we need to get some mounts do we need to purchase some giant lizards for the trip it's pretty easy to find like the the terrarium where where these mounts are held it's literally like a giant glass box with a big light at the top of it these big old lizards sitting in there with like saddles on you, you come up to the guy who's, like, running the place. He's all like, Well, hello. Are you here for mm, a ride? 
Would you like my lizards because they are the best? What makes your lizards That's the best, sir? <laughs> getting, getting bad vibes already. Have you seen a horse ride over jagged stone? Hmm. So yeah, I, I think not, my silly demon man. Oh, all right. That's uncalled for, but all right. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I meant horned fright. Uh, how much good, sir? Uh, it will be 20 gold for the day. All right. Ron, you got some gold you stole recently, or should we pay him with, like, normal gold? Uh, calm down. Don't accuse me of things. Wait, how much gold? 20 for the day, or 3,000 for the lizard outright. Do you know how far the Black Lake is? Oh, the Black Lake. Hmm, let me see. And he, like, turns and he, he licks his finger and, like, sticks it out into the completely still atmosphere of the cave <laughs> that you're in. The, the no-win system whatsoever. <laughs> and he's like, if you take this trail for 60 leagues, that direction, and he points west. It's like, or just follow the stream, whatever, whatever makes it best for you. The lizards won't need to drink anytime soon. You should get there in roughly three hours if you go at top speed. Uh, 20 for the day. The lizards know where to go. They've been there many times. It's a pilgrimage. Many take. I don't know if you heard, sir, but we also kind of sort of contributed to you not being a slave to an elephant anymore. Do you think you could, oh, fuck me, never mind. <laughs> I just, like, stop you want talking. Me, wait, I'm sorry, you want me to fuck you? Okay. <laughs> please come to my... <laughs> Come to my rooms. Come to my mushroom hut. Can you please give us a discount for freeing you from servitude? What the fuck? I got such high charisma and I can't roll shit! I literally roll a one. It's my one redeeming quality is charisma. <laughs> fuck you, roll 20. <laughs> it's okay, Cora. I can pat him on the back. It's okay, buddy. I throw the 20 gold at this dude. So Korak just, like, talked himself into a corner, but then, like... Rorin and Landis are all standing there looking suave as hell, but haven't said anything yet. You want a discount for 20 gold? I mean, are you are you planning on buying these lizards? Oh, no, 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 I no, think it's just for I the day. See, we're, we're... I could give you a discount for the lizards if you were to buy them. I just don't, I, my fares are flat rate. I can't, uh, my boss would kill me. And he like looks around and he's literally the only person in the store and he's wearing a name tag that matches the name on the sign out front. None of you have gold? I have gold. I never have gold. So he's 20 for the day, right? Yes, yes, 20 for the day. And how many of us are? Five? Is that like 100? Was... Yes, could you just charge us to the uh, Primark? The Primark? Who? The who? The Primark. Is there a, is there a reference number or a, a f maybe like a, a, a pigeon address? <laughs> a I can... fax machine? Um, the badger bites this guy in the... In the shin, one of the badgers. He's like, "Ouch! I'm going to get rabies." <laughs> Oops, I didn't mean to do that. Oh God, it keeps biting me. Why is there a badger in my shop? We'd be happy to help you for twenty gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, get these badgers out of here! And I'll let you have the the lizards for free for the day. Oh, all right. Um. Badgers, get out. Do the badgers go? No, they don't respond to that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> He's like sitting there looking expectantly with like the, the Landis badger like sitting on his leg. Is a badger more or less than 10 pounds? Are you I'd picking about up all the badgers 10, or just 10 to the 15? one? Just Landis. They all seem to follow him. 
14 to 16 pounds. Wow, really? 14? Oh, I guess I could believe that. Well, I guess it depends on what kind of badger it is. It's a honey badger for sure. That's a that's a chonker. 20 to 35 pounds. <laughs> Damn. So I mean, chicken tries but can't quite lift it away. I command them out. <laughs> In what history would Landis ever respond to a command like that? I don't need you to respond. I just need the other badgers to respond. The badgers won't respond to you. I'm their king. I just did a command. Is there a, is there a, is there a save? Have any of you tried maybe asking nicely? Jeez. I'm not an animal. I'm not an animal. I just look like this one. Not, this is not the first thing we did. Yeah, it has to succeed on a wisdom saving throw. Well, first let's determine how many badgers there are. There are 10 badgers. Oh, jeez. Not including Landis, so there's 11. What's your what's your saving your uh, spell save modifier? 15. Okay, so there's one, two, three. There's three badgers who don't respond. To the, the rest of them scurry out. Are we pretty sure that badger's not Landis? Like, are we pretty damn sure it's not Landis? Oh, there's three. I see what he's about to do. He's about to cast some Eldritch Blast. It's a good problem. All <laughs> these badgers. Landis, Wait. you might want to get Wait, out now. They're just harmless badgers. Hold on. Harmless my behind. So wait, I'm sorry. You said there's one badger left, or there's four badgers still in the room, and one still has its jaws locked around the guy's ankles. Well, I know that's the badgers. So yeah, you said there was three badgers left besides the one that's biting him. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you rolled a ten. I won. I'm getting all my oh ones my out. Jesus fucking. Yeah, Christ. you better. So wait, if it's a one. Can we just say that hit something else and caused a lot more chaos? I mean, it really should, yeah, if it's a one. Oh, my God. Okay, your Eldritch, your Eldritch Blast goes wild and shatters one of the sides of this terrarium. <laughs> and all the all the lizard mounts run away. <laughs> we'll bring them back. There's, this, there's a mad dash of lizard mounts, like, escaping this terrarium. And the guy's just sitting there going, Oh! <laughs> I'm just going to hop on one and say, all right, we'll bring it back. Everyone get, get a lizard. Woo! I think Korak's the only one who manages to grab a lizard. It's the guy with wings. I'd just like to point out that he was going to give him to free because of me. And then you guys caused the rest of the chaos. Yeah, but he wanted the badgers out. Is Korak just ditching? I'm like, I guess, I mean, with that, am I able to calm the lizard down? Uh well yeah with a fifteen yeah you're able to I mean yeah I'll just I'll stay on it but I'm just like just outside like are the lizards just like gone yeah they like just scatter <laughs> how many can we fit on one lizard you could probably ride tandem just two two people on the lizard dibs all right we'll take turns it's three hours there <laughs> we're just gonna the rest of us are just gonna wait. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm going to squeak, squeak with the rest of my squeakers, and we're going to just take off on foot. Um, as you guys are looking to the west in the direction that you're supposed to travel, there's like a... Well, everyone roll religion. Everybody except for Ignis. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys feel a, a pulling to the west. Since you've decided to go that way, as soon as your mind was made up, there's a calling coming to you. It's hard to put into words, but there's a part of you that thinks like as long as you just start on the way like it, it doesn't matter i mean there's no like there's no light cycle out here right it's it's gonna be the same light content as any like as it always is like it's basically just saying don't don't worry about your travel it'll be fine um and that's sort of my my way of telling you like it's not gonna be a big deal <laughs> i'm not gonna throw like a tarasque at you guys or something all right korak you scout ahead we'll follow behind you 
I'll stay at steady pace ahead of the rest of the party on this little blur and keep things moving as we all... I, I think yeah, we're all just going to head west for the sake of moving things along. Okay, on your way out there, you end up running across that stream. Ignis, you recognize this stream as the one you'd seen earlier. And instead of following the road, Korak, this includes you and who's riding with you, Roran? You guys see the stream as well. Like, you get there first, obviously. And your lizard naturally starts following the stream, um, like running kind of on top of it. Um, it's it's a small enough stream in most places where it's not like splashing in the water, right? But it's uh, it's like got to crawl over all these rocks and things like that. And surprisingly, the ride is really smooth. The, the lizard starts following the stream and you're not... It seems like... Uh, it doesn't seem unusual that it like veered from the path. The guy did mention that the lizard knows how to get there, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. And it definitely doesn't seem like three hours before you roll around a corner and there is a huge expanse of water. The surface is glassy smooth and the whole cavern in this area feels still and as you're looking into this deep dark black water there's like this overwhelming feeling of curiosity like uh there's a search for truth and it lies at the bottom of that water Korak, you want to go swimming um ignis i think you probably take point since you've seen this river at this point or this the stream excuse me um you guys pass by the spot where oh, there's a just a ton <coughs> the rest of you guys there's a ton of dead like creatures with like you can't the rest of you can't quite see there's something carved into all of these creatures just something like etched into it with a knife um as you walk by but they're all dead and i don't know ignis do you mention anything about it or nope just keep on walking <laughs> oh, that's weird nothing to see here be on alert ignis there's a lot of dead bodies yeah you follow this this water and i guess landis is probably way ahead with his little badger people um but something something that you guys notice as you keep walking is that even though the water is flowing in from behind you there seems to be a gradient to the water that as you walk forward more like downstream the water is getting darker and darker until eventually you definitely haven't been walking for three hours but you you guys do the same you sort of round a corner and you see this big expanse of glassy dark water and again all of you are assailed by this incredible curiosity. Where is Tali's body? Uh, I guess I'll, I'll get off the lizard and kind of, um, I think I had it like, I had the drow kind of like wrap her up a little bit. And now I kind of like undo some of it. So, you know, her, her head and like her shoulders are exposed as I'm kind of like holding her like in both arms. I stop Korak real quick. I like to see if I can detect evil. Am I getting any sense from this black? Yeah. Egg? So within Arcana check, I mean, it's it's pretty like the water itself may not be magical, but like this cavern definitely holds a power of some kind. You get the same feeling from it that you do when you uh, like as you know, Medusa. She's been around for a while. She's probably I would assume that she's visited quite a few different like religious places maybe shrines built to gods or so they kind of have a presence and i'm kind of getting that yeah yeah and it feels different but it feels familiar in in a way that you haven't felt in a long time like since you were young even for a medusa detect evil and good um it's just water evil <laughs> water the, the the this magic in the air is isn't giving off an inherent good or evil sense 
it feels very neutral. But it's curious. Um, but it is it is charged. Per the confines of the spell, you feel a celestial presence in the bottom of the lake. Guys, I think the shard is in the lake. Does that mean one of us has to go in? Roar, are you getting a sense of how deep that presence is? Um, well... The spell says 30 feet, but because of the nature of this cavern, you can tell that it's it's down there. It's further than 30 feet. Uh, it's deep. Can we tell if it, is it a frozen lake or no? No, it's it's. I say it's still. It's just it's uh, glassy because it's very still in here. There's no ripples or anything like that. But it is is not frozen. It, uh, temperature's pretty. It's pretty nice. Well, Korak, do you want to take care of Tali? I do. Yeah. Um, uh, looking at this water, uh, if I need to roll anything, let me know. But uh, I mean, it's pretty pretty murky. Like. You're, you can't see anything. You are you like touching it or at this point I've probably like I've probably kicked off my shoes as I like kinda let my feet sink into the the ground a little bit, just shy of the water and start to dip my feet in and walk up past my knees. Yeah, so you can you can you continue to see your feet. You know, even though the water appears dark, you you don't see any of the stone beneath the water, but you can see your feet and um, like maybe some of the rocks that they're like stepping on. And if you pull some water up and cup it in your hands. It's still clear. It's crystal clear. Um, but for whatever reason, the lake is black. Um, I'll continue proceeding further and further until I, I'm treading water. Kind of just using my feet to kind of keep my head above water gently. Not like, you know, maybe the water's like just passing my shoulders here and there. Is, um, I'm still holding Tali to, like, you know, just a little bit into the water. And... Do I see anything in the ethereal plane? If I close my eyes and look through my beholder eye. Um, this cavern is... It looks like there is a bright dust. Uh, dust is probably not the right way of putting it, but the whole cavern is like lit up bright um, because of the power that is held in here. Um, and from the center of the lake, um, there is a, a blindingly bright light. That's actually painful to look at through that beholder eye. Or, excuse me, the uh, displacer beast eye. I'd call it to correct, but there's definitely something in that water. Are you sure you want to go alone, or should we all go? I'll probably look back at the rest of the party and smile, and I will um, hug Tali to me as I let myself sink into the water. See you. Um, correct dies. What do you guys want to do? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go home. Is anyone else touching the water at this point? I have my feet in it. And does anyone want to follow Korak in? Medusa will follow in with Frumpkin. God, we'll go too. You don't like you. You totally don't have to. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm only asking for which set of notes I have to reference. All right, I'll tell my squeaking friends to take off, and then, um, oh, you said we're in a cavern right now. It, yeah, I mean, you've been in a cave, but this is like a cave within a cave, if that makes sense. It's still pretty big and spacious in here, but it's not like the vast vaulted ceiling of the like the rest of the Underdark. So how tall is the ceiling? Uh, I'd say it's probably like a couple hundred feet up, but not like to the point where you can't see the top of it. I'll polymorph back to my landish shape and run up a wall and then jump off of it so I can get as far out in the middle of it and just kind of do like a little swan dive into the 
the lake. Uh, Roran would start treading deeper. I guess Ignis would just like shrug and just start walking <laughs> into the water like, okay. Well, I guess. Better than this. Dealing with those spiders again. Uh, is that everybody? I got all the badges, phone numbers, and personal information in case I ever want to call them later. Um, Roran, you, you enter the lake and as you're swimming, you lose your footing at some... Uh, well, uh, make a dexterity saving throw for me. Ooh. Um, you lose your footing at some point, and you're not a bad swimmer, but as soon as your head goes under, you close your eyes just while the water surrounds your head for a minute, and when you open your eyes again, you find yourself standing outside of your hometown river shroud. What black magic is you this? You are standing... Yeah, you're standing on the cusp of the border, and you know that if you cross that border, you will die. And three men are approaching you. <sighs> three men are approaching you from... I hold my... Are they rushing me or just walking? No, they're just walking up to you. I'm holding my ground till they come up to me. You recognize these men. They're the Shrike cultists. Fuck. That staged a coup in your town. And they stand in front of you for a long time. They're, they're very silent. You can't read their expressions. Finally, the one on the right, he opens his mouth, takes a long breath in, and he says to you, forgiveness. And the one on your left opens his mouth. He says, retribution. And then the one in the middle, standing right in front of you, he says, just ignore us. And the line that you know will kill you if you cross it, something changes in your perception, and you know that that line doesn't exist anymore. What do you want to do? Oh, man. I don't wanna. What do you mean, retribution? They don't answer, but there's a... I, sh I guess I could have been a little more specific. When they're, when they're asking you this, they are, they are asking this from you. One is asking you to forgive them. One is asking you to seek retribution on them. And one is asking you to ignore them. Now, it should be noted that these are all men you really hate, right? right? Just so everyone else is aware of the gravity of this. I step over where the line was to the man on the right and say forgiveness and stretch out my hand to him. He opens his hands, uh, his arms, like he's going in for an embrace. I embrace him the scene in front of you dissolves and you see river shroud as though you're looking at it from from the sky there's people running around in the streets as though um you know something something stressful has been happening and you see the three men who have oppressed your town leaving and the town you can see that it is it's hurting the people are are wounded and and traumatized and and there's there's a long history of pain that goes with these men but nobody moves to strike them or to stop them um ignis you wade into this water and eventually you find your head going under the under the water right the same thing happens you close your eyes just briefly as the water rushes over your head and you wake you open your eyes and you find yourself on a battlefield it's not a battlefield that you recognize, uh, though your history as a soldier has seen 
many battlefields like that. Flames are licking the sky and ash is falling down all around you in huge clumps. And off to your right, you see a banner for the Iron Vigil. It's hard to tell what's happening exactly, whether they're being attacked or if they are attacking, um, because there are portions of their line that breaks and retreats, and some portions of their line that breaks and rushes forward. Now off to your left, there is a another group, a smaller group, and you recognize the members of that smaller group to be the people that you traveled to this lake with, the Liberators. And all you know is that they are attacking each other, whether it is in self-defense or what. There are blows being thrown from both sides. And you have a vision of Tali, your old commander. She steps up next to you and she looks at you and puts her arm, uh, her hand on your shoulder. And she says, um, this hurts me so much to, to look at this. My heart is split between these two groups. I have family within both as it seems that you do too. Now, let me ask you, Ignis, what would you like to do here? I feel like I'd want to try and stop the fighting somehow, but I'm not quite sure how to do that. She smiles and, um, and she says, uh, it is, it is literally, it is literally that it is choose a side or stop the fighting. Your, your loyalties mean nothing if you don't act at all. What would you like to do? I guess Ignis would probably run in and try to physically stop. Running into the center of it all? Yeah. You run into the center of this, and you begin to take bludgeonings from every which way. You're, you're getting it from, from the Iron Vigil. You're getting it from the Liberators. There's a part of you that knows that none of this is intentional, that they're not trying to hit you. But the fact that you have stuck yourself into the middle of this, you know that that could possibly kill you. But it's also in action. And you feel good about this decision. Medusa, as you enter the lake, do you just like dive in or? Yeah, I'm like swimming after Korak. So the first time that your head breaches the surface, um, your eyes close and then you open them again and you are standing in front of a hall it's filled with mirrors and all you know is that someone that you need to get has just run into that room into that hallway i would go into that hallway then you travel down it for a time um, the mirrors are all reflecting your they're giving you your reflection as mirrors are wont to do and every once in a while you see a shadow in one of the reflections and you come to a junction where to your left is another hallway and if you continue going straight forward is another hallway of mirrors at the junction in front of you there's the pathway in front of you down there uh you see a shadow and yourself reflected and to your left you only see yourself reflected which direction would you like to go so one hallway has a shadow of of myself the other has my current self well, one is, is a reflection of you, and standing somewhere nearby you is a shadow. And that's the one ahead of you. And then if you look down to your left, um, the reflections that you see in the mirrors down that way are only of you. Would I be able to tell who um, I was uh, chasing, uh, which way they would have went? Uh, it's impossible to tell. I go to the, the, the shadow. Okay, you follow that down. 
Um, the shadow is appearing in all of the mirrors. You come up to the point you can only turn left. So you turn left and then you can only turn right. And then you're kind of at a junction where you can turn right, but it's leading you to sort of a alcove filled with mirrors. And the, again, the shadows in every single one of these reflections. So if you turn left instead, it winds you around for a little ways and you find yourself at a dead end, another dead end. And the shadow looks like it's laughing at you. So you go back to the junction you were at, and if you look behind you, you can see the shadow and yourself, but if you look to your right now, you only see yourself. I go towards myself. Okay, so you follow that down for a while, and again, it's only yourself, but as you walk down here, you get this feeling that you're getting closer and closer to this thing that you need to catch, whatever this is. You get to a point where you can turn left or right and when you turn to the left you see yourself and the shadow reflected but if you turn to the right you see only yourself i run towards myself and as you run closer you get this this other feeling you said yes this is you have this feeling like yes this is uh this is the person responsible for ending the world as i once knew it and it leads you out of this maze of mirrors uh and into the mouth of a giant shadow creature gob when you submerge yourself you open your eyes and you find yourself standing next to your mother and she's no longer covered in crystals but the spaces that she had crystals on her body from before are now blank holes in her form and she's smiling at you and she turns and um has you look into a small pool of like liquid crystal and you see all these different memories. Um, some of them are ones that had uh, played out from when you showed her these memories back in her lair. Like killing those guards on the dock. She got onto a, a ship and left, left you behind. You see her bringing home these dead bodies into the basement she thought you didn't see. You saw um, skeletons and things walking around the house. You saw her hunting uh, exotic and intelligent animals and pulling their most magic pieces from them to use in her experiments as well. And you see your childhood forest nearby the city of Toxandar, one you used to frequent when you needed some alone time, uh, was burned and cleared to make room for one of your mother's new labs. And she's showing you these things. There's a part of you that feels like this is her way of acknowledging the things that she did the biggest one that she lingers on is the first time after your father died when you knocked on the door to her uh, laboratory and she didn't answer and she knew that you were in pain and that you needed to talk and she shut or uh, shut the the lock instead of letting you in and she turns to you and says that was my first and greatest mistake I reach out for her hand to hold it and squeeze it. I tell her it's okay. I do take her hand. Um, it is mostly there. She's missing a couple fingers. There's a hole in her in her palm. Uh, but she smiles as you squeeze it. And she says, well, I wish that it was okay. But this is something that you have to live with. And I won't have to. 
I'm truly grateful to be out of the influence of Ichabar, but his influence on me has left me, as you can see, far too torn and, and damaged. I, I will never be accepted into the astral plane. Maybe you could just stay with me. You can live in between worlds, in between realms. If you think that that would help you, then I am more than willing to do that. But I will tell you that I want to try and make something right. And if there's any way that I can help do that, if I can give up any power that I have left to me to help you do that. That is what I want. All I want is for you to be back with Dad, to finally rest like you deserve. I'll be okay. I can make it on my own. You've missed some opportunities, but you did teach me how to be resilient on my own. Landis. Landis, as you, as soon as your head crests the surface of the water, um, you open your eyes again and you find yourself back in the heart of the Skald's Forest. And once again, you are seeing these visions of this great city that once resided there being crushed by flames from the sky. Standing in the smoke, you see the form of both your wife and your daughter. And they're calling out to you. What do you want to do? Yeah, I'm obviously going to sprint as fast as I can over there. Um, so the the surroundings around you start to move as you run. But your wife and your daughter stay at the same distance. They never get any closer to you. Off to the left, there's a huge, uh, another kind of explosion as trees are uprooted. And a giant Tarrasque walks out of the trees into this clearing and eyes you. It's off to my left, and they're still in front of me? Yes. I doubt he would even notice the Tarrasque at this point. Um, the Tarrasque starts walking towards you. Uh, well, nothing's going to stop him from continuing to sprint forward. So, The Tarrasque gets right in front of you and opens its jaw in a silent roar. No sound comes from it. As its uh, mouth is open and you know it's roaring at you, you hear this whisper in your ear. Remember the past. Remember the past. <laughs> your wife says to you, her, her voice says to you, that it's okay to let go. I guess I would kind of, I would gesture towards the kind of the large harpy that's at the center of all the other harpies surrounding it facing down the shadows and just kind of look at her like, is this supposed to be us? Um, well, it's the people's interpretation of what we represented. I guess I just don't understand art. It's fun. It's fun for the kids, I guess. That's what everyone tells me, but um, I don't really, I'm not into this myself. What do you think of that, though? A city full of, of children, of people that in a roundabout way look up to you. What do you think about that? Well, it would be easy to say that I like the attention, but having lived uh, quite a few different lives uh, at the center of attention, it's um, a little old. And at least I can take solace in the fact that nobody knows who I am now. I can hide behind the veil of time for my anonymity. Korak. Yes. 
you bro sorry <laughs> i'm giving dra- i'm doing dramatic yeah, timing right there, like, <laughs> my anxiety is like you're cutting out or not like i had to sit through all of these first my anxiety is through the roof right now so <laughs> you go under the water and you open your eyes and you are in the water with tolly the body of tolly and there's a part of you that remembers sitting on uh, on a grassy hill in Master's Point, having a picnic. You just remember looking at her and thinking, "Wow, this this uh, this chick went out with my goober ass. Like, how lucky am I?" And there's a there's a part of you that wants to hold on to her forever, right? I mean, I'm guess I, I'm kind of speaking for you on that one, but I think that's pretty uh self-explanatory mm-hmm. what do you want to do so it's i mean it's this it feels like a memory i mean this that that memory kind of crosses your mind but it's not like a full-on vision like i've been oh, okay. describing for everybody else so i'm just i'm feeling that as i'm holding her body as i'm sinking through the water yes how many of those lights do you think you remember wow um I think I can remember about, distinctly, I have memories from uh, over 200 lives. Over 200 lives. And there's some you've chosen to forget, much like I can't remember any. Well, there's some I just never, you know, maybe they were they were boring or whatever it may have been. Um, I just don't, uh, don't have memories from them in the same way that it's hard to remember what I had for a meal yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just weren't uh, weren't important memories, but they weren't they weren't locked away then. No, if you're referring to what's going on in your head, then that's uh, that's something done entirely by your own hand. How far did you travel in this this current life of yours before you returned to El Sira? Or did you stay away from El Sira the whole time? I well, I made my way from from this continent. Believe it or not, um, I started on uh, Zanhar Island and. Sailed west from there when I tried to get my bearings uh, in uh, the city of Hyoran. That didn't work. So I traveled east. I stayed in Tayakos for a time. I stayed in Faranos for a time. Uh, I traveled to the Broken Islands in the south. And that's when my memory started to come back to me. And my most recent life, having been part of a group that fought against you know the races of people that lived in the broken isles was hard to to come to terms with and and i sought out as many other members of of the old havocs as i could and we we began our own little uh little club if you will becoming bellator's brigands until uh an old an old, another old friend our old leader actually um skybreaker tire skybreaker he came back and forged us into the iron vigil after a mm. A time at, in Cloudhenge. I'm looking. I'm looking down, past my feet. Do I see anything as I'm sinking? No, it's just black blackness. I think as that memory is in my mind, with Master's Point, her, I do kind of as I sink further and further, and the breath in my lungs is kind of getting less and less as my body's just kind of using it up. I, I, I think I do squeeze her tighter as I go down further and that maybe that memory becomes a little more more colorful and more vivid in my mind. Um, you hear her voice 
coming to you sort of uh, fresh, right? This isn't this isn't a memory of something she said, but you feel like you can hear her voice right now, and she's saying, "You could stay with me." And this has come up as like a uh, doesn't come off as like a memory. It sounds like something new she's saying. It's it's hard to decipher whether or not this is her speaking to you from the astral plane, or if this is like just something that your brain has worked up. I think I would really, uh, I mean, if I have to roll something, you know, I would really focus on those words and as I'm holding her tighter and I'm really remembering her as much as I can. Like, I'm really focusing on that voice and I'm trying to, like, gather any insight on it from the tone to the choice of words to the inflection. Like, is this really Tali reaching out to me? I still can't, I just can't wrap my mind around what, why exactly, from what I understand, why, why Garrisel would do what he did. I think more recently I've kind of, I've come to learn that I have many more traits in common with my father, more than I care to admit, but they've always been there. It's only been these past few weeks I've kind of come to terms with them and realizing who he really is, but I still can't wrap my mind around the decision of why he did what he did to, to your mother, to, you know, or I see as some of his siblings, but the last time I spoke to him one-on-one, -on -one, there was, I had a really good, I picked off a good sense and a good nature from him. It might just be because of his, his offspring, or maybe it's, I don't know if he was doing something that was good for all of us, or I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. I keep thinking that whatever I did to myself is keeping me from understanding, and I really only have you around to to kind of throw these questions at her to try and assume what my consciousness is. I had to, maybe that's why I'm always drawn to you. I was, I was on the other side of Elsira, and before I could remember our previous lives, there was something in me that was drawing me to you. It was, it was trying to pull me west. It was trying to pull me across the sea, and here I am now. And... It, I mean, it definitely sounds like her voice, right? It's a, uh, if it isn't her speaking it's a very good replication of her voice but it's still hard to decipher whether or not that's coming from from her or from you mm -hmm. um, but you remember uh, back to reading about the Black Lake that this is not entirely uncommon that people go down with back. with their people and they just don't mm -hmm. come back There is no excuse for deicide, but that's what he did. Whether or not you taking your memories back will help you, I truly cannot say. I, there's a part of me that wishes you had your memories because there's pain that I would share with you, that I could share in with you instead of carrying it alone. But it also makes me happy inside to know that you aren't dealing with it in the same way that I am that you can, you can live in ignorance. And I don't, I don't say that out of jealousy or envy. I say it with relief because you don't have to live that. I would look again below my feet to see nothing. Just kind of, I would look at her face again longer and just kind of know that I was almost kind of expecting whether it's the lake itself some kind of power that be or just me internally like 
this was a thought that was going to cross my mind and I kind of acknowledge it but I'm not going to act on it as I I still look beneath me as I sink deeper and deeper and as I'm kind of clutching Tali I'm also um I feel myself reaching into into my bag as I kind of closing my hand around the uh the small uh, case that's holding the crystal from Heartcry. When you grab that case, those words from the the demon women come back to you. The key to unfastening the binds in your mind lay here as well. But again, this knowledge can't be taken back. If you locked it away from yourself, there very well may be something you don't want to have back in your life. Take care as you are meddling with matters of the gods. I kind of look below my feet and look above ahead like... Um... Can I kind of get a sense of how far I sink? As far as, well, as far as you know, you are just floating in blackness at this point. There's no light coming from above you and you can't see anything below you or around you. Do I feel like I'm in water? Can I, like I can't breathe? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's still very much water. It's not always immediately after we die that we come back on Zanhar Island. It could be... You know, it could be the next day, it could be a week, it could be 10 years, it could be 200 years. We're not given a choice on that, and we're not given a choice on whether or not our memories lapse for the first part of our lives. And I think that part of that is our divine blood allowing us to choose who we want to be in this new life. And then once we get our memories back, we can either change or we can hold fast in the tone. I think these past few weeks and my new my new friends and having a little moment to sober up in your in your shared wisdom will help me recognize that moment when it comes and I only hope as much as I can it will be a moment that doesn't come with something I would regret or something that comes as an ill will, but if I kind of gesture towards the dioramas. If our history points to anything, there's a good chance it will, but I am the son of Garrisol after all. Death comes for us all. I think at this point I would unfurl my wings as much as as much as wings can act like a parachute when you're sinking in water. I don't think that works exactly, but as much as I can to kinda slow my descent as I as much as I can, like I try to stop myself from sinking but more so it's just kind of my mind as I take a moment to just kind of like realize that at this point I'm squeezing uh, Tali's body so hard that it's 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 there's a lot of emotion behind it besides just grief there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of kind of mixed feelings that are wrapped up in trying to do what's best but also not forgetting um, and I think I would go to cut my hands around this small chest that contains the crystal, and as I do so, I let her body release from me. And I kind of would kind of, um, I guess, um, uh, flex, flex my wings to kind of propel me upward as I kind of look down, and as I see her body kind of descend into the darkness, I would pull this chest, um, towards me as I open it and kind of like force it against my body. And if atonement is what you want and you have the means to get there, then all I'll say is there is a time and a place 
and it may be coming soon. It may be, maybe now. It may be next week. Just the same in the same way as uh, our rebirth. I think you'll know the time when it comes. You look into Handelhan's eyes as you look at this crystal and your world shatters in front of you and time floods into your mind and it drowns you. Crack, you remember everything. You remember your first lives being everything from an explorer of renown to the sharpest sellsword anywhere. You were a teacher, an artisan, a politician, a guild founder, a, co a crop worker, a homesteader, a tanner, a fletcher, a smith. Your name was your own in that you had no given name. The name your mother gave to you was the ability to be the name that you chose for yourself. You forged alliances, you started wars, you broke trade agree agreements, you committed treason, purged the honorless, and fought against rivals. But in all the lives you lived, you never felt complete until you met her. She was, in a sentence, the piece of you that was missing. As a child of love and death, your very existence had the nuance for beauty, but it wasn't until you met her that, that was fully realized. Like you, her name was her own. In all the lives to come, it might change the way it was pronounced, but her name was always her. She helped you see the other side of everything. Any time that Cusk or his illithid children haunted you and you longed for destruction, she helped you see that he was merely as lonely as you once were. Not everyone ends up with a perfect partnership like you and Tali had, after all. You had a child together, a daughter. It was perfect until she was ripped away from you. The two of you uh, were killed by wolves corrupted by Cusk himself. It broke Tali, and it broke you too. Together, you hunted the Illithid all the way into the Plain of Shadows. And had it not been for your seething hatred of Cusk, the Plain of Shadows could have stayed sealed. But in your blind grief, you tore it open, drawing power from the Plain of Light. A war that you caused raged on for over 500 years and it ended in the small city of Cry. You remember Tali screaming in her grief and asking you to bind the memory of your child away from her. So you cursed her memory away and your rage finally bore forth an army of harpies springing out of your head like some infernal flame tongue. You remember the rain that night. You remember Korg laughing, his glee rising, as he knew he pleased his mistress, Atiel, the goddess of war. You heard your father, Garasil, crying out in anguish. You thought that he cried for you as you let your life leave yourself. Your final memory from that life was watching the meteor that carried your mother's body destroy the rift to the shadow plane, sealing away Cusk for good. Then the world changed. The godkind all around you had no one left to them in the celestial plane. You were the only exception with your father. 
Five more lives you spent pleading with him, asking what happened. Where had your mother gone? You thought you hated him then for his silence. Then, when Tali's father Waskell ascended, he bore you the truth of the matter. That Garasil had killed your mother. He had killed her. She was his perfect partner, and he killed her. Though Waskell defended Garasil's reasons, you hated your father even more that day. You and Tali, though still perfect partners, did everything you could in the next lives to move on and away from each other. You were still in pain from the loss of your child, and compounding that was the inability to share it with Tali any longer. Her memory binding was painful for her when you reminded her of the loss. Her pain stemmed from your inability to speak the truth. The first time that you communed with Ichabar had been an accident. You reached out for any piece of your mother that might have still been out there, and something touched your mind and promised to take away your pain. But in its haste to get to you, it tore your mind away. Then you remember a life where you were teaching a class alongside Tali at one of the most prestigious mage schools, Triandus Academy. A youthful student of yours, named Zanatha, asked about the origins of magic, and you speculated for a time on the shattering of the old gods, and spoke briefly on the presence of the Great Old One. When she killed you that day, you hadn't seen the youthful curiosity behind her eyes, it was the deep redness of the Elder One. And you awoke back on Zanhar Island, and you were forced to make a decision. Do you keep living in pain, watching your truest partner suffer for your own omissions of emotion? Or do you rid yourself of it all, opting to take your next life as fresh as you could? That wasn't even a decision. You set aside your pain and bound it within yourself. It is today that you float in this water, staring into that crystal, the eyes of the god of knowledge, that this band around your pain snaps into focus once again. You call yourself Korak. You are a child of the gods. You are a master of your craft. And you watch as Tali's body floats beyond the darkness below you. And you remember everything. And uh, I know it's 837. Um, just one last thing really quick before we say goodbye <laughs> for this session for you good out of the, you guys come out of, out of the water and Korak you watch as um, Ixis in her wolf form limps into view a wolf form like the one that was corrupted when Cusk sent them to kill your child and that's where we're going to end for tonight it's a lot to unpack. Oh, God. Can you send me that file? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>